Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another week. And it's fair to say we are getting more and more to talk about every single week, I think, here, Cody. We're entering the last month now of the NBL regular season. And I think the two New South Wales teams, if you had to pick a grand finalist right now, that's probably where you're looking. The Victorian teams have hit a little bit of a speed bump. Interesting times for the Perth Wildcats, even though they're at home. We'll touch on what's happening in the WNBL as well, Cody, because that's interesting as that league's heading into the grand final. That means we've got plenty to talk about this week on the show. We're here thanks to Hoops Heaven. I'm Chris Pike, but the man you've all tuned in to hear from, the former Illawarra Hawks, the former Sydney Kings, the former superstar power forward, Cody Ellis. How do you find you this week? Good, mate. Good. Uh, yeah, big uh, big round again. Teams seem to uh, keep making us look silly and <laughs> not look like we know what we're talking about. So, uh, yeah, no, lots to talk about and uh, a fair few things happening. There's a fair bit happening. But before we get to the basketball... Nothing's happening in the Ellis world. You've had a, an interesting month, it's fair to say. Are, are things starting to fine up a little bit? Yeah, yeah. It's been a uh, fairly down month. Mm-hmm. Not, not too many uh, highs in this past uh, past three, four weeks. But uh, yeah, look, um, coming out of the end of that and, and looking up, um, which is good, which is good. And then NBA one season fast approaching. Very and, close. Uh, it's exciting. It's always good when, when games are, are coming up and uh, you have to scrimmage against or play against someone other than your teammates. Mm. Yeah, we'll touch on that later because you're now only a week away from your season starting for the Warwick Senators, so we're looking forward to that. Um, I even bumped into one of your old teammates and your assistant coach at my house the other day, and I'll, I'll mention that a bit later. Tom Wits came by to, to pay a visit, which was which, which was very nice of him. Um, in, in his official duties, yes, he was. Officer I, I might Wits. add it, <laughs> Officer Wits. So I'll touch on that later, Cody, when we touch on the Senators, but let's get into the NBL because I think we learned a lot in round 17 and right now, like I said, the Illawarra Hawks, the Sydney Kings are probably the two best teams in the competition. Would you be willing to say, if you had to pick a grand finalist right now, that that's where you'd be looking? Right now, absolutely. Um, you know, Kings just keep proving that they're legit. Um, not that I think they had too many doubters at this point no. um, after the streak they're on, but the Hawks just... Come to the party. Um, they look like they're slightly buying into to Gorge's system a yes. little bit more, yep. and even with, without a full buy-in, they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. Even without Gorge there, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, and I, sometimes I think that might help. You know, just mm. everyone kind of relaxes that little bit and just yep. goes out and plays. Yep. Um, yeah, for for one game, I think it works. Everyone yeah. buys in that little bit more. Everyone wants to make up for him not being oh, sure. there. And and Jacob Jackamus, he was. He looked like a mastermind. Well, that's it. And he's been with Gorge for forever. <laughs> yep. So, you know, it, it's basically like Gorge was there anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, but no, they're, they're proven that, uh, that they want that, that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they keep winning. They, they could move up further than fourth. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, those are the two hot teams right now, the yeah. New South Wales teams. It wasn't just the fact that they won. They played the two top teams in the league. They played them on the road. And both the Kings and the Hawks handed Melbourne United and the Perth Wildcats Spankings. There's no, there's no other way to look at them. They did. Uh, they, uh, yeah, they, they both just played awesome basketball, just from top to bottom, and uh, and made the top two teams um, look like they shouldn't be sitting on one or two. <laughs> yes. Um, which you know isn't the case, but uh, yeah, I mean those those are the two hot teams right now, and again, they're, they're both pretty fun to watch. They are. One player we haven't. I don't know if we've mentioned him at all so far. Mm-hmm. 
since you've come on the show, Cody. But there's a lot of stars on the Illawarra team. We've talked a lot about Antonius Cleveland. We've talked a lot about Xavier Radden Mays and what he's he's brought. Dort Reith, obviously, Tyler Harvey. But Tim Conrad, for a guy who was retired two years ago yeah. and has just come back basically the last two seasons as an injury replacement, he's just about the most important player on that team for everything he's providing. And Gee, it's fun to see him playing such a big role. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see Timmy back out there. And uh, like I said, his nickname is the microwave. So, <laughs> yep. you know, he, he's one of those guys that as soon as he steps on the floor, you need to know where he is. Mm-hmm. And it, he's he's making shots. He's doing what he needs to. And, and he's um, he's fighting and scrapping on the defensive end. Yep. You know, not, not known as uh, one of the best mm-hmm. defenders in the league. But, um, you know, he's out there hustling. He's out there doing those little mm-hmm. things. So, uh Right, I think he's a very important piece to them and a big reason why they've been successful so far. How does that happen? A guy who was, I don't know if he was ready to retire, but he he decided that if he wasn't playing at the Hawks anymore, he wasn't going to be playing in the NBL anymore. And when Gorge arrived, there was no spot for him. How does it happen that he's now had the last two seasons that he does? Uh, yeah, look, he's prided himself on being that one club person yeah. and uh, and that's awesome, especially for a club like, like the Hawks. Mm. Um you know, there hasn't been too many of them. So, um, yeah, look, he, he made that decision when, when he didn't have a spot. He said, all right, I'm done. Don't want to go play for anyone. Um, and then, again, he's one of those guys that stays ready. You know, he, he's, always, um, he's always working out, working on his body, making sure he's in, in good shape. So, you know, when he got that chance to step back on the floor um, as a replacement, he's impressed. Mm. And... He's, he's stuck with it and then Gorge and the coaching staff has, have figured out that, oh, there might be a, a spot for him here and it's, it's been good for, for both of them. Does it make you think that you could be playing that exact role that he's playing? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, look, and it, it's one of those um, right time, right place things yeah. and, you know, Timmy is one of the, the crowd favourites sure. uh, in Wollongong, um, so that would have been a no-brainer for, for them. Yeah, uh, it's great to see him doing so well and... To see him enjoying himself, he looks like he's having a great time out there as well. Um, not sure the Perth Wildcats looked like they were having a lot of fun on the weekend. We were talking about these two games that they had at home last week as potentially defining ones for them. Firstly, against the Jack Jumpers on Thursday, then the Kings on on Saturday. We were certainly expecting John Brown to be suiting up for those those two games as well. That didn't happen, and they lost both games, especially the game against the Kings where they were made to look pretty ordinary. Um, what did you make of what you saw from the Wildcats and what do you make of the fact that they now will have to be going with the team that they've got because John Brown won't be coming in? Yeah. Yeah, look, they looked like a team that had been listening to the outside noise a bit too much. And look, with, with everything going on there and them coming home and then all this stuff with Fraser and, and John Brown, um, all that talk, obviously, just got to them, I think. Um, they weren't clicking like they had been um, those last few games in the road. Um, and, you know, everything had been about, you know, nothing about the actual team itself. It was all about bringing in a new guy yeah. and Fraser moving on and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, look, it was probably just a, a bit of a storm that all just collided at once and um, not ideal because everyone, everyone kind of thought, including myself, that, the Cats might drop one of these last, you know, seven, yeah. eight games and they've gone and lost two on the same yeah. round. So, um, And they were lucky to win the one that they did. The Breakers actually were, could have used yeah. that one too. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, yeah, they're going to have to lift it a notch if they, if they want to mm. be a legit contender. What do you make of the whole situation with John Brown? Because clearly they decided they wanted him. Mm-hmm. Clearly they'd, they'd come to terms with him to bring him in. 
And for all the reasons we've talked about, he was the type of player that they needed to add a little bit of grunt and size and you know intensity to that mm-hmm. to that front court. Um, whatever the reason that it didn't happen, there's something that's gone on between Brian to come to a deal with his Russian club, yeah. whether or not it was difficult to get to get money into Russia, whether or not it was just difficult to get the clearance agreed upon, or if FIBA just didn't simply clear it in time. We don't know what exactly happened, but um, what do you make of the situation where it, it hasn't hasn't worked? Uh, look, I think it's a bit of a loss for the Cats because I think look, they've got lots of really good pieces and they've shown that they can beat anyone in the league uh, fairly handily. Um, but I think they, they needed someone like John Brown to come in yeah. um, just to bolster that defence and, and that rebounding. I think that's one of the things that they've struggled with the part in the past few games. Um, they've lost is, is just that hunger on the boards. Um, you know, Big gets after it all the time, but there's not a whole lot of other guys that are fighting with him. And I think he would have been a perfect inclusion for them. Um, but they've got to, you know, look at it like, okay, didn't get him. All right, this is what we got. This is the squad we got. This is what we're going to battle with. And I think everyone needs to buy in and, and um, move on. I think that's the big thing, moving on straight away. How do you do it if you're Michael Frazier? I mean, he knows that the club had decided to replace him. They know that he's now only here because that didn't work. I know it's easy to say that you're a professional, you're being paid to play, so suck it up. Reality is it's not that easy. No. How do you, if you're in his shoes right now, how do you find a way to still come back to this team and, and contribute when you were already you know, struggling for confidence? Yeah, and that's something that does my head in when you see people say, oh, you get paid, you're an athlete, mm. suck it up, do it this way. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. It's, it's something that doesn't happen in any other workplace. You know what I mean? So it is. It, it's got to be tough. But I know that with the Cats team, it's such a close-knit team, that will all be in Fraser's corner, yeah. having his back. And that's what you need. You know, There's probably other teams around the league where that wouldn't be the case and then you'd struggle the rest of the year. Sure. Um, but then I think Fraser's got to come in with a point to prove mm-hmm. and, and keep doing those little things that he, that he was doing in that patch at the yeah. start of the season that was proving everyone wrong, sure. that, that he was the right fit for the team. Yeah. Um, I think maybe a bit of time away from the court, obviously you never want to be injured, yeah. but you know, sometimes it's a bit of a reset switch for you. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he can do that, hopefully he can come in and, and prove a bit of a point that he should be there. Yeah, going to be fascinating to it's, watch how it, how it unfolds. Yeah. Um, Elm United. I don't know if it was a massive surprise that they lost to the Hawks, but the way they lost yeah. to the Hawks was a huge surprise. They got dominated in that game. I think they were 23 points down at one point on their home floor. Um, what did you make of that performance from, from Melbourne, who now, all of a sudden, they're not quite guaranteed of holding on to that top spot? Right. Yeah, and that's a bit of a blunder for them, I think, um, especially with the Cats losing um, yeah. a couple games. And I think that was a big chance for them to solidify that top spot um, and just make that gap that little bit bigger and a bit tougher to overcome for the rest of the, the teams trying to trying to make playoffs. Um, so do you think it was just a one-off blunder or do you see some ongoing concerns? Well, there was a patch in the middle of the season where I thought they were almost unbeatable. Yep. Um, but the past few weeks, they've kind of had a game or two like this where things haven't really been clicking properly. Um, you know, whether it's just because it's towards the end of the season and at this time of the year, it gets on you. you know, mm-hmm. It's been a long season with all the COVID stuff going on as well. Um, you know, recently, they haven't really been hit by it or affected by it too much. Mm-hmm. 
But um, it takes a toll, and it's a long season. You know, there isn't as many games played as the NBA, but it's a long season. Yeah. You know, and it's a it's a pretty grueling and grinding season because you know, you're training legitimately every day. Yeah. So um, it's tough. You know, it happens at this time of year. So I think they've got all the pieces to be a legit mm-hmm. contender. Um, I think they just need to make sure that they reset after this fairly average loss. Mm. Now that they've added Bubba again, which is a massive piece, I think just that spark of energy again off the bench is yep. going to be really good for him. Um, give Shea a bit of a break. Yep. I think he's he's been worked almost into the ground. Um, yes, yeah. You know, him and Delia are obviously tough, but you know they they both work so hard mm. that it's tough for them to play. You know, thirty forty sure. minutes because of how they play. Yep. I think Bubba coming in is is awesome for him, and that's going to be a massive in uh, for that squad. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one with you, Night Bubba, because like you said, it's great to have that support for yeah. Delhi and for Shay. But is there room for three of them to be able to play enough to have a role when you've still got Chris Golding? Right. Um, I don't know if they had any other options, so if he was available, bring him in. But to me, the one area maybe they needed some help was for a bit of support for maybe Caleb Bagarda mm-hmm. and Jack White in that three and four spot. Maybe he just didn't have a choice because he didn't have anyone else available. Yep. So do you think he is a really handy addition? Look, I, I think so. It's one of those ones that you could go with a super defensive lineup and it's small. Mm. You could have the three of them in there as the yeah, one, two, and three. Um, but like I said, it's, it's a very small mm. lineup. It doesn't matter who you have in. You'd have those three and then the two giants, yeah. and it would still be a fairly small lineup. And again, it could have been just he was available. He wanted to come back, mm. and um, I'm very popular from 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 the looks of it. Very much so. Yeah. I think inside the Melbourne camp and including the fans, I think he was certainly a bit of a fan favourite, yeah. and rightfully so. You know, he was fun to watch. He's exciting. He, he does all those little things. He gets in lanes. He's quick. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think they probably did need someone to help out. You know, your Agata and, and your Goulding. But uh, availability at this point of year is is fairly limited, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was probably to bring him in or make no, no change at yeah. all. So I think that's that's a win for them. Um, South East Melbourne Phoenix are now in a very delicate position. It wasn't long ago where we were talking about them fighting for a top two spot and thinking that that was where their destiny lied. All of a sudden, they lost five of their last six games. Um, they squeaked by to get that win in Cairns, but then they looked really disjointed, disinterested at times against the 36ers and that's an Adelaide team that didn't have a lot to play for on, on Sunday. Um, it was a really tough loss for them. They've now slipped two games outside of the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on, on how they're travelling? Well, they just they look like a completely different team. Mm-hmm. They look like a team that is just not good, which isn't <laughs> yeah. the case because yeah. they're talented, yep. you know, but the way they're playing, they just look like they're just not a good basketball mm-hmm. team right now. I couldn't tell you what it was. Mm. I, I can't pinpoint what it is, whether it's, again, similar to United, where it's just the grind of the season is getting to them and um, they're not moving the way they did before offensively. You know, there's no real rhythm to their game. It mm. seems like it's very much a pass someone the ball and let them go to work yeah. instead of letting the system you yeah. know, come into play. Yeah, I, I mean, they've... They're a game or two or one or two losses away from not making they really that push are, at all. Yeah. And they're on the verge right now. I, but, but, yeah, the I way mean, the Hawks are playing, yeah. um, 
at the moment, the only team that you could see right now them jumping over is the Cats. Sure. They've only got six games to go and they're two games behind. Two games behind, Mm -hmm. exactly. And Perth's going to figure it out because the rest of the season is at home. Right, and as long as the cats aren't buying into the fact that we're at home, we're going to win, and they actually go out and take care of business, you wouldn't expect them to lose the next six games. No, so they're banking on other teams losing now, and that's not the position you want to be in. Yeah, it's frustrating because they were they were tough, they were rolling, they were really good. Um, Mm. It's got to be frustrating for the camp in in there, and um, Simon Mitchell's going to be, you know. Fairly frustrating to see on his face yep. um, when he's patrolling that sideline. There, he bit of a similar thing to CJ. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't really know what's going on because yep. people aren't really doing what he's saying. Yeah. So, and as a coach, that's got to be tough. Yep. You know, you're giving these guys the tools to be successful, and they're not buying in. They're not doing what they need to. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you can do as a coach. You know, at the end of the day, it's the players that win basketball games. They haven't been good defensively all season and they haven't been a good three-point shooting team all season. Now that you've only got six games to go, is there time to fix either of those things? Oh, defence, yeah. Shooting, it's one of those things that you're a good shooting team or you're not. Yeah. Like They've been struggling from the three or even when they had Rowdy in there. Yeah. Um, they've got shooters, but they're just not making shots. Yeah. Um, defensively, it's all effort stuff. Mm. You, know, you, you can... You can teach systems on defense, but at the end of the day, it's all desire and want to, to stop the team, to stop your man, mm-hmm. to, to help your teammate if he gets blown by. Like, they just don't have an edge there. Um, and that's something that we're seeing the Hawks still not even close to where they should be, but making strides in, in that spot. Um, on the defensive end, it, it's, it's all desire. Yeah. The Kings have now got that edge too. I mean, Chase Buford after the game wasn't even interested in talking about how they played offensively against Perth and they put up 102 points. Yeah. But he thought their defence was what is really improving and that's why they're going going so well. And that's why the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers have built their, their success on as well. Um, two more wins for them, including that big win in Perth, and then they, they backed it up and got a win in, in Brisbane. Um, their 12 and 10 looks a lot different than the Phoenix's 12 yeah. and 10. They're, they're 12 and 10 with momentum and... No, they might still not quite sneak into the to the top four, yep. but this is a this is a hell of a season that they've put together. Oh, for sure. Um, you're right. I I can't see them slotting into that four. There's too many teams close to that fourth spot that are rolling. Yeah. Um, but man, they've again, like you said, they've prided themselves on the defensive end, mm-hmm. and it's no secret to it. You know, defense. Defense wins championships yeah. at the end of the day. Um, and they're not the most talented team in the world, mm-hmm. but their effort is better than probably anyone else's mm-hmm. by a fair way, I think. Yeah. So, um, you know, and they buy into the system. They've been awesome. They've been fun to watch. They've, um, look, they've had games here and there where it's been fairly average. You know, yeah. I think... One of the games only put up 50, 60 points. Yeah, there was a game, I think, against the Breakers, it was 60 to 65 yeah. to 63. Yeah, something, yeah. something like yeah. that. And then when the Hawks beat them, I think it was yeah 50-some points as well. So they've had those games like that, you know, and you're going to have that new team still trying to figure out their footing. But it's, it's been a heck of a first season for them. Mm. 
Yeah, they had a they had a win over the breakers sixty six to sixty two a couple yep. weeks ago against the Hawks and they put up sixty five points. Yep. But yep. even when they lose or put up low scores, they still fight hard. They do. They they're still competitive. And that play at the end, I know Josh Adams hit the big three that put them in front, but how was the Josh Majette steal on Toddy Blanchfield? Todd, Todd thought he was still going up for the layup. He still thought he had the ball in his yeah. hands, but Josh Majette had it had it taken away from him. That was that was incredible. Oh, I watched that six, seven, eight times, just <laughs> over and over and yeah. over. That was just that was a thing of beauty. It was very impressive. Mm. It's, it's very tough to do. He made it look so easy. <laughs> yeah. But without he just, yeah. he just reached in, just snatched it, cupped it, and was off. And Todd was, <laughs> like you said, Todd was going up like yeah. he was laying it up, and all of a sudden the ball wasn't in his hand. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it's those little things that the jack jumpers have been doing that um, have helped them be so successful. Um, and then and someone right. like him, who I'm sure doesn't have a great defensive pedigree, but he's bought into this system yeah. so much where he's now probably a much better defender than he was five months ago. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, you, you need to be in that kind of a system to have that desire to want to play defense and want to stop you, man, you know. Lots of the imports that the league gets is all about outscoring your man. Yeah. You know? um, it's easier to do that when you're stopping them from scoring yep. rather than just trying to outscore them. Yep. So. We'll get to it shortly, but I, Josh Majette's numbers this weekend didn't stand out. But it's that ability to be a great team player, which might have caught the attention of the scoring machine, which we'll get to a little bit later in it in our votes. But another thing that I don't know how many times you might have re- rewound and watched this one, but that last 16 seconds between the Brisbane Bullets and the New Zealand Breakers on Thursday, Cody um, ended up with Anthony Drummond hitting that that game-winning shot on the buzzer. It almost defies belief what happened and yeah. the capitulation from the Breakers and the outlet pass that unfortunately Will McDowell White threw, but. Let's take a positive look at it. That was a hell of a performance by the Bullets to snatch it. It was. It was. And, yeah, again, something that I watched over a couple times and I'd, I'd gone around to mum and dad's as well and asked if dad had watched it. Mm-hmm. He hadn't. And I said, well, need to. <laughs> need to watch the last minute of regulation just for the poor play and then the overtime. Yeah, oh, it was unreal. Um, look, end of regulation, just a terrible shot. Mm-hmm. From Will McDowell White. Yeah. Yeah. He held the ball for 22 seconds and then tried to shoot a sidestep fadeaway, mm. you know, over an outstretched hand to get blocked, yep. you know, in a tie ball game. Yep. And again, we've been over this nearly every single week. <laughs> yes. Why are you trying to shoot a three when it's either one point or a tie ball game? Um, get to the rack, you know, give yourself a decent chance. And he had teammates playing well that he could have yeah. been setting up. Well, that's the thing. He hasn't had the best season. He's been, he's been injured. He's, he's had you know, some setbacks. But that's not your shot to take. You're right. He had guys that were playing really well. Yeah. And guys that even if he'd been playing well, you'd probably give it up for anyway. So just a terrible play to finish the game. Yeah, the overtime was just unreal. So first of all, Tom Abercrombie, I mean... He's had a horrible, horrible two years away from home. But the fact that he caught fire in that overtime period, hit three threes, and it looked like he was, he was going to be the match winner. And I was, I was covering this game, and I'd started writing my match report by that point, talking up how, how Tom Abercrombie was a hero once again. And yeah. I was feeling good about things until there was 20 seconds to go. <laughs> Tom Abercrombie was what we thought the hero in that. Yeah. I think he hit three threes in that overtime, yeah. including a bank from <laughs> yes. nearly right in front. So you know he was feeling it. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's good to see him back on the court. It's good to see him back on the court and having a bit of success. Talk to me through that last 20 seconds because I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in the NBL before. Mm. The Breakers had that game one. I think they were still six points in front with 20 seconds to go. They take a bad shot, then they turn it over once. Um, I think it was Franks that hit the first three, then Krebs hits another three, and then all McDowell White has to do is get it into a get it into anybody. He had he had three teammates all around him. He just had to get it to somebody that had to dribble out the clock because um, they were still up by two. He tries to throw it the full length of the court, and Wetzel was nowhere near being open. So Deng Deng was right in front of him. He grabs it, gets it to Drummick. Drummick hits the three. So full credit to him, but. Gee, I mean, how do, you, how do you sum up that last 20 seconds? Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, an epic collapse for New Zealand. Um, it, Jace comes down, shoots a transition three, which is the right shot, misses it pretty badly. Mm. That's the one that didn't even touch the rim, wasn't it? No, yeah, hit the yeah. far side of the backboard. Yeah. And right shot, right yeah, shot to sure. take. Yeah. Um, again, right person to take it. Sure. I'd live with Jace shooting that any day of the week. Kings off. Hits a couple sets of hands, bounces to, to Franks on the, on the wing and cashes it. Yep. Uh, foul. Oh, they foul then? Or they just get a decent stop? I think they've just got a stop for a bad... I think the break is to the Probably a bad shot. Bad shot or yeah. a turnover or something. Mm. Get two feet in the paint, kick out, Krebs, Krebs yeah. cash. Right? Then they go down. No, because Siva, Siva missed a free throw. Yeah, missed a free throw. So they fouled. He made one, then missed the second, went down, Krebs hits it. Five seconds to go. Mm. Still think it's game. <laughs> yes. Just give the ball back to Siva. Yep. Right? Give the ball back to Siva, who was right in front of you. Yep. Instead, winds back, tries to throw it long. For some reason, I couldn't tell you why. Mm. Yeah. Good play by Deng. Kick it up quick. Yep. Dream got it off fairly quick. I yep. think he thought he had less time than he actually did. Probably. So yeah. he yeah. shot it quick, but that's, that's good because he hasn't had the best shooting season mm-hmm. for him. and. Um, let it go and then cash for money and then New Zealand didn't really have a time to, no. to get a decent shot off and that yeah I mean that's a, a heck of a win I, <laughs> I was watching it just out of the corner of my eye because again I, I thought the game was over yeah. as well so yeah it was, it was a very impressive patch by Brisbane and just abysmal by New Zealand how do you get over some of that if you're the breakers? Because they've they've had losses like that already this season, only a couple of weeks ago when Bryce did something very similar to them. They didn't cough it up as badly then. But, I mean, how do you get over it? Because I, post-match, I had to speak to Dan Shamir. He didn't bring a player into the press conference and I was the only one asking him questions. It was really tough. He was a, he looked like a broken, broken man. I mean, he was protecting his players, I guess, by not bringing anybody yeah. to have to talk about it as well. How do you, how do you get over that when you're already going through everything that they are going through? Oh, it's tough. It's tough. And that's, it's those little things that, you know, winning becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. So does losing. Yeah. Um, again, that, that's one game you shouldn't cough up, being yeah. up seven points with, I think it was 23 seconds mm-hmm. or something like that. And losing that is ridiculous. <laughs> but it is. And they've had such an up and down, well, not too many ups, but a, a very, very down year mm-hmm. with injuries and COVID and away from home yeah. again. And, you feel for them. You feel for the the whole team, and it, it's draining. Losing losing sucks, and especially at that level, it, it's just it's painful. You know, winning can cover up a lot of woes. Mm. So, but once you start losing, those become glaringly obvious, and mm. it's tough. And you're right; he looks broken. The team just looks broken and deflated. Mm. And 
they're just ready for this season to be done so they can go back home and yeah. be with their family, I think, and, yeah. and that's very fair. Yeah, you can't blame them at all. No. Um, interesting weekend because there was a lot of focus on the ESPN draft expert, Mike Schmitz, being in, being in the country, and he was getting across the country watching. He firstly watched that game in mm-hmm. in Cairns between the, the breakers and, and the bullets, and he, he was there to watch Hugo Besson and Usman Deng, and both of those two had you know pretty good games. And then he went across to Perth and watched Luke Travis and, and Makua Maker, and they both played really well in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Ariel Hogporty didn't stay on the court for that long to see yeah. him on Sunday, but I still think Mike was pretty impressed with what he saw from the big fella. I mean, it's great to see these guys actually knowing that a big-time scout like that is in the building and standing up and performing. Oh, for sure. And I think it's it's really good for the NBL that a scout of his capacity mm. is, is down here watching players. Yeah. I think that's awesome. like a superstar too, wasn't he? He was, he was <laughs> very much so. So yeah, which is which is fair. Um, you're right, everyone was everyone that he had an eye on had a had a really good round. You know, like you said, Huckporty probably didn't stay on as long as he mm. would have liked and and that's frustrating probably from his his point and Mike's, but uh you know, I think he still showed what he can do, and you know, these guys are obviously being watched from afar as well. So mm. it's not like back in the '80s and '90s when you couldn't actually watch it. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's good, and it's fun to watch these young guys succeed and, and grow throughout the year mm. and and make a difference in their teams at this mm. level. I had, a, I had a really great chat to Hugo Besson. It was Friday, so it was after this game, and I was a little bit nervous about it because I wasn't sure how the conversation would go, given the, the language barrier, but his, his English understanding and speaking is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he actually had a really good attitude about the scouts watching him and said, look, I love that pressure because if, I'm, if I want to play in the NBA one day, then I need to impress these guys. There's no point being nervous about yeah. it. And he also felt like this, is, this has been the perfect preparation for him to get ready for the NBA to leave his home country, mm-hmm. experience the cultural difference of a, of a new country. And he feels like this whole thing has turned him into a man ready for the NBA, which... Mm-hmm. I love the attitude that he's got. Yeah, it's good. And it's good to see young guys with that attitude. Mm. And, you know, he's right. It, it's one of those things that, look, nerves are going to play a part, but at the end of the day, if you want to get to where you want to go, you're going to have to prove yourself. Mm. Right? So the best time to do that is, is when there's scouts in the building. Sure. And he's been really good this year. I think, you know, he's had a couple of games where he's gone missing a bit. But again, that's a young player being a young mm. player. Mm. You know, you're not going it, to... It's very rare to find someone in these guys' age that is consistently oh, yeah. good. Yeah. You know? And that's part of them growing and learning. And that's part of them coming here and growing and learning. Yeah. And you know, having guys of these, this caliber from different countries come around to the NBL is, is a credit to where the NBL is at mm. um, as a legitimate stepping stone to the NBA now. Absolutely. Now, Cody, I've got something I want to play you now. Mm-hmm. I haven't told you what this is, but I want to get your reaction to it because out of all of the highlights that we saw from the weekend's action, maybe this was the, the biggest highlight, especially for what we've been pushing for on the show recently. Let's get courtside to the fourth member of our team. It's a big welcome to Alex Loughton on debut, a 300-gamer in the NBL, twice went to the grand final with the Taipans. Snakes haven't had the season they wanted. Alex, but what's impressed you? 
Look, welcome. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me on the broadcast. I'm really excited to be here. Look, Bull Quoll is an exciting rookie. His performance he, uh, during this year, he's really delivered. 39% from three-point land. His numbers are going up during the year. He came on and gave them heaps when yeah. injuries played, uh, played a part. Uh, now he's still averaging 12 in, in March alone. Yeah. So he's a huge part of this lineup and uh, a huge part. If he's not signed right now, he better be signed on for future years. Another player that I really like, Keanu Pinder. He's a coach's dream. Hustles, gets after everything. I'm seeing a lot of legacy continued on from when his father played uh, as I watched him as a kid growing up. So really exciting basketball uh, for those individuals and hopefully they can get the, their club over the line tonight. There you go, Cody. We've been pushing for that ever since you joined the show. We finally got him on our TV screens. He might have been a little bit nervous, but I think he did a great job in the two games he did. How happy were you when you, when you, when you saw his smiling face? Oh, it was so good. Uh, no, it was really good. You just listen to the excitement in his voice. Yep. Um, he's, he's happy to be there. He's happy to be talking about, you know, the club that he represented so well. And no, it was awesome. I'm, I'm glad he could finally uh, get that microphone <laughs> in his hand and uh, hopefully it's like that for the remaining games. I hope so. I still don't understand why it's taken that long, but I'm glad it's now happened. So it was great to see him. He backed up again for the, the Breakers and Taipans game on Sunday as well, where he had to create his own atmosphere without the yeah, fans in the building, yep. and, he, and he, he did a great job. So good work to Lowes. We spoke to him last week on the show, and he made those exact same points when I spoke to him last week about yep. Bull Kowal and Keanu Pinder. So I'd like to think I was just his, his training run, and now he's, <laughs> now he's ready for the, for the big time. <laughs> Love it. Um, but, Cody, um, I'll see if anything else jumped out to you about Round 70 before we get to our votes and our awards. As we we've talked a lot about last Thursday's games, the Bullets beat the Breakers 101 to 100. And then the Jack Jumpers beat the Wildcats 85 to 83. Then Friday night, the Phoenix beat the Taipans 86 to 74. And then, well, the road winners kept kept happening. So you didn't want to be a home team no. this weekend. So Saturday, the Jack Jumpers beat the Bullets 84 to 82. And then Saturday night in Perth, the Kings beat the Wildcats 1 and 2 to 80. And then Sunday, finally a home team got a win. Um, probably not the one we expected. 36ers beat the Phoenix 100 to 92. And then the Hawks 92 to 77 over United. And finally, the Taipans 93 to 90 over the Breakers. We've probably touched on most of these already, Cody, but anything else jump out that we haven't spoken about yet? Uh, look, not a, not a whole lot apart from road teams being able to win on yeah, the road. Yeah. And that's, that's a big thing in this league, being able to get wins on the road, especially coming here to Perth to get wins is huge. Mm. So I think that's good. And again, you know, just retouching on, on teams that are pushing for that four. The Hawks continuing to impress um, and, and Phoenix kind of starting to fall away from the pack are uh, two of the major headlines, I think, uh, for this, this week. Absolutely. All right, let's get to our awards for this week now, Cody, on Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. We'll start with the Damo Award for the best defensive player, thanks to Everlast Beverages. And Damo was pretty emphatic this week that there was no other option for the three votes except for Antonius Cleveland, and it's probably tough to argue. Mm -hmm. Sunday Detch as well. Um, he's long been one of Damo's favourites, and he, he's back in the votes as well. And Matt Kenyon, I'm really glad that he's getting the recognition for what he's doing with the Jack Jumpers. Um, happy with those votes? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't see anyone else cracking that this round. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty spot on. 
AC's climbing up that leaderboard. He's obviously yeah, doing well in our Galen Award as well. Um, do you reckon he chases down Luala Chul and Xavier Cooks before the season's done? If he keeps going the way he's going, I think so. I mm. think so. He's just seemed to have stepped it up uh, mm. just that extra notch. You know, he was always a good defender. But I think the way he has slowly dragged the rest of his team to becoming somewhat of a defensive team yeah. um, is massive. And he, again, like I said, he's just stepped it up that extra notch and it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he took over. There you go, Damo. Um, another one who's found himself in isolation this week. So shout out to Damo. Yeah. I hope you're holding up okay at home. Um, and then the scoring machines come through, Cody, as well, with his votes for the Player of the Year award. I like what he's done with his five votes for this week, going with Josh Majet. His numbers might not stand out if you just look at the box score, but if you watch their two wins that they had against the Wildcats and the Bullets, he was he was huge in the way he ran, he ran the team and made some big plays. So he gets the five votes. Jalen Adams from the Kings closes the gap on Bryce Cotton further. He's only two votes behind now. He gets the four. Robert Franks had a couple of big games for the Bullets. He gets the three. Antonius Cleveland, for all the reasons we talked about before, gets the two and and Daniel Johnson, he had a good game against the Phoenix as well, gets the gets the one vote. Are we happy with what the scoring machine came up with? Yeah, I think so. And and you're right about uh Josh Majet. I think uh you know, he, he does a lot of the stuff that kind of goes unnoticed mm. and you know, didn't bother the scoreboard too much, but um was it was the main reason that they uh they could get a win. Yeah. Um, especially in Perth. Is this the first round we've, we've not had Bryce in the top five? It's <laughs> very close yeah, to it. Yeah. Um, I want to ask, does, does Jalen Adams run him down in these last four weeks? I mean, it, it's going to be if people can keep locking Bryce up. Not that anyone's locking him up yeah. by any stretch of the imagination, but um, Jalen Adams seems to be up there, top mm. one or two every week, yep. and he's... He's been probably one of the most consistent players for the past month or so. So I think it'll be a pretty close race towards the end. It's reminded me of last year where we had had the race but, and it came down to Bryce Cotton and Tyler Harvey in it. Mm-hmm. We, di- we didn't set it up, but it kind of looked like we did where Bryce and Tyler ended up on the same amount of votes at the end of the season. <laughs> and and we, put the, we put the vote out to our listeners and they decided who won the award for, for last year. It wouldn't surprise me if it ends up between Bryce and Jalen in a similar thing. And now our listeners might decide the winner too this year. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'd enjoy that for sure. Wouldn't put it past Sean for actually planning these things ahead. <laughs> he, he might actually actually be planning that. So we'll keep an eye on, on what Sean comes up with. But our, our job is to decide the winner of the Galen Award for this week, Cody, for the best team man in the NBL. Um, it's going to be tough again to go past Antonius Cleveland for, for what he did for the Illawarra Hawks. Yeah. He might actually be putting a mortgage on being named the winner of this award for the whole season. Yeah. But we'll... Get a few nominations out because I, I really like what Hiram Harris is doing at the Adelaide 36ers. He's a guy who's had to bang down the door to get an NBL opportunity. He's got his chance at a third club now with the 36ers and he's impressed CJ Bruton so much where he's now starting on that team and it's purely through how hard he's working and the hustle that he's providing, so much so that CJ even is now comparing him, not in terms of what he's done over longevity, but in terms of what he's the energy he's bringing to Dylan Boucher and Mika Vakona. Mm-hmm. So if, he's, if CJ's willing to compare him to those two, then I'm willing to put him in the mix for the Galen for this week. Makua Maker, again, for what he's doing for the Sydney Kings. Xavier Cooks was back, but on limited minutes, and, yeah. and Makua had a massive game as well. And, and he's providing that energy, and it's fantastic to see. And Anthony Drimmick, um might be a surprise on this list, and it's not because he hit the game-winning shot, mm-hmm. but he's now the guy on that Brisbane team that's 
doing all the, the gritty things. He's yeah. diving for the loose balls. He's putting his body on the line. He copped a hell of a knock to the throat from his old mate, Jack yeah. McVeigh, as well, and, and he played through it. He ended up in hospital that night as well afterwards, right. yeah, okay. but he still played out the game. So full credit to him, and I really like all the little things that he's doing for the Brisbane Bullets. So that's my nominees, Cody. Feel free to throw anyone else in, or you can choose one of those. Yeah, again, tough to throw anyone else in. Those four were kind of the standout for this week, mm. absolutely. Yeah, and Cleveland is, is hard, to, he's hard to pass up on. Because, you know, he's a massive reason why the Hawks are on this role. And it's all the little stuff he does, not just um, on the offensive end or the defensive end, but just in general, just all the little stuff he does. Hiram Harris, again, like you said, he's, he's been awesome uh, for Adelaide. And just something different, that, that spark that they probably needed. They don't have anyone else to give that, really, except no. for Sunday at times. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he's going at guys like Creek and yeah. with confidence. And, and it's awesome to see. Um, Makua Maker, I thought, was um, a big reason why Sydney kept on that role mm-hmm. here. Um, he's done so well stepping in to, mm-hmm. to Cook's shoes. Um, you know, we, we didn't think that anyone would, would step into those shoes um, properly, but he's done really well with that. And, um, you know, he's pushing for more minutes when, when Cook's is Absolutely. fit and healthy. And uh, that's... It's, a good problem to have when you're a coach um, of, of who you're going to play because uh, everyone's producing. So yeah. um, Chase Buford would be, be loving that. Um, and then Drim, yeah, again, like you said, he hasn't had the most consistent year on the offensive end. Um, you know, his, his shot's not falling like he would like. Um, so he, he's decided to, to do the little things. He's decided to, to be that guy stepping in, taking a charge, doing those little nitty-gritty things that, that this award entails. And it, it's good to see because he's looked very frustrated. Um, you know, he didn't have a great off-season with surgery and stuff like that. He had an so, ankle reconstruction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's tough. And, you know, people outside looking in were saying, you know, he, he's just average now and all that sort of stuff. But an ankle Rico is, is tough to come back from, especially the way he plays. So I think towards the end of the year, he, he's really stepped it up and mm. been really good. But I think I'm going to have to give it to Cleveland again, um, purely for the fact that he is willing his team to, to get these wins, yep. um, just doing everything, absolutely everything. Whenever the other team's on a roll, he makes a play. He, he does something. He, um, he'll dive on the floor. He'll, he'll go and trap or, you know, he'll get after a loose ball somehow and, and end up with it. And, mm. Um, like I said, he's, he's a big reason why the Hawks are now in contention for that four. Impossible to argue, as good as the other three guys were. And yeah. I've been working, trying to work out how to decide the winner for the Galen Award for the whole season. Maybe mm. it's simply whoever gets nominated the most amount yep. of times. And right now that puts AC on top with, with three nominations. Shale is the only other one with multiple. And maybe that's the best way to do it. And I think if it comes down to Cleveland and Shale for this award, I think we're... They're doing something right. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Two guys that you know, do, do everything that they need for the team to win, whether it's um, diving on the floor, putting their body on the line, all those little one percenters and, and uh, making the team run. All right, Cody, let's 
take a little bit of a different tack before we get to round 18 in the NBL. Um, we touched on the WNBL semifinals that were starting last week. We now know who's in the grand final. I don't know if we quite expected to get there how we, how we did, but that's the world we're living in, unfortunately, right now. So in the first semifinal series, the Melbourne Boomers proved that they were too good for the Adelaide Lightning and they won two, two zips, so they're straight into the grand final. And then we saw the Perth Lynx beat the Capitals in Perth for that first game last Thursday night. And then game two on Sunday couldn't happen because too many of the Caps players tested positive to COVID, so they couldn't field a team. There was a feeling that they could postpone that game, but the final series has to be finished by a certain amount of time. The WNBL had decided that game two would end up being the deciding game, would be back in Perth the following Wednesday. Um, so the Caps had the, had the option of coming straight out of quarantine for all their players that had COVID, fly over to Perth and play, and they wouldn't have been able to have a training session, they wouldn't have been able to do anything for, for the last seven days, and they would have had to play that game in Perth on the Wednesday night with a grand final spot on the line. So they decided that was not possible. So that meant that the series was handed to the Lynx and they're straight through to the grand final to play the Boomers, which now starts this Saturday in Melbourne. Did you get your head all around that, Cody? Yeah, yes, I did, I did, yes. Um, yeah, look, it's, that's tough for the Caps. Um, you know, you play all season to get to this point and for it to be... Uh, kind of out of your hands, you know, that, that you don't get that opportunity it is frustrating. And at the end of the day, you know, player well-being and health and it is all top priority. Hmm. You know, there's no way that you could come out of quarantine, jump on a flight, basically play that day. Not when it's almost your whole team. Exactly. And having had COVID, it treated it, it, Different people suffer differently from it. Oh, how did you go on your first training session? Oh, though? it was awful. Oh, I felt like I was running in mud. I had no breath. It was, and look, judging from others that I've seen with it and coming out of it, it, it does take a good couple of weeks to get right from it. Um, it. It wouldn't have been fair to them to, to come over and, and do that because they would have just been... I honestly think they would have been run off the floor. Yeah. Um, and they had to win the game by 16 points. Well, they couldn't it. just win the game. That's it. And I don't, I don't think that, um, that that could have happened. So, you know, it's frustrating and it sucks, but that's the climate we live in right now, unfortunately. And The alternative was that the game, the, the deciding game is played in Canberra mm -hmm. and still the Caps have to win that by 16 points to make up the differential from game one. I don't think that's fair on the Lynx if they have to give up home court advantage yeah. either. So I kind of feel like this was the only only option that WNBL had if they were forced into the situation they're in where they had to have the grand final played mm -hmm. by a certain date. Yeah. yeah, it is. And whatever decision you make, one of the clubs isn't going to be happy. You know? So you know, the Lynx did what they needed to throughout the season to get that home, home court advantage. And yeah, it wouldn't have been fair to take that away from them. Again, it, it's a frustrating situation mm. and something that you, you don't want to happen, especially in a semi-final series. Yeah. Um, I don't care what level, you know, it could be local comp yeah. that that happens and you'd be frustrated because you didn't get the chance, let alone at, at the top top level mm. in Australia. Feel for the Caps girls, that's, that's frustrating. Um, it, it's very similar to the grand final series with, with the Cats and the Kings <laughs> yes. when... Uh, when, when COVID first hit, yeah. so 
yeah, uh, again, I, I feel for the Caps. So that's frustrating, but uh, it's going to be a, a heck of a grand final series. I, I think it'll be a fantastic <laughs> grand final series. I think they're the two best teams in it. Yeah. And it's tough to tip between the Boomers and the Lynx. I think they're pretty evenly matched. I am disappointed, though, that after last Thursday when the Lynx played their semi-final game at the exact same time, what are we, probably five kilometres down the road mm. from Perth Arena when the, the Wildcats are playing at the same time, game one of the grand final is now in Melbourne exact same time that Melbourne United is playing the Illawarra Hawks. Yeah. How does that happen? I don't know. It's so frustrating. And, you know, we touched on it last week. And, like, I understand scheduling, but especially a, a United and the Hawks game that they just played and, and the Hawks yep. handed it to them, yep. you know. Yep. Melbourne's going to come out and force to, to see the yep. United play. Um, yeah, you, you can't have it on the same night. It, it just can't happen. and It's the exact same time. It's, it's just, it makes no sense. Well, and the problem is, like, the NBL schedule is already set, yep. right? Because, yep. it's, because it's the last few rounds of, mm. of the season, they're all set already. The WNBL needs to move it night before, night after, yep. or have it as a precursor to the sure. United game. Yep. You know? But, yeah, you, you can't have it at the same time. That's, that's just going to... I hope they still get a good turnout, um, especially for a grand final series yeah. and, and especially with all the talent that's going to be on the floor. Oh, there's at least five WNBA players mm-hmm. that'll be in this series. There's plenty of Opals out there. It's going to be a fantastic series. Um, so that'll be game one on Saturday, Wednesday night in Perth for game two, and then the next Saturday back in Melbourne if it has to go to a game three. I'll put you on the spot, Cody. Who, who wins? Oh, I can't go past the links, can I? Mm. No, look, I, like you said, there, there's... There's just so much talent out there. It's, it's going to be an awesome series, and, and I'm hoping people do tune in. You know, obviously, the first game being um, the same time as, as the United and the, the Hawks game. Flick back and forth, at the very least, yes. to, to, to watch some of it. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with the Lynx. Mm-hmm. Um, tough on the road. Yep. Um, always tough on the road, but I, I'm going to have to go with them. Good to say it's been a 30-year wait for yeah, them. Yeah. Almost the total opposite of the Wildcats. So right. they've waited a long time. So we'll keep an eye on, on that. Um, we might spend a bit more time on this next week, Cody. But your NBR one season for the Warwick Senate is only nine days away as we record this. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to go? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that pre-season just feels like it just drags on forever. Mm. Um, and you get to a point where you're scrimmaging against your own teammates and stuff starts to get... It lifts in intensity, you know, when everyone starts to get in shape and, and you've got your systems in place and, and all that. Your intensity lifts and then things start to get chippy and it, it's going to be good to be able to go out and, and play against other teams and other players. Mm. And, you know, it, it's tough, COVID and everything, to get preseason games under your belt. Mm. So the, the first few rounds are always a bit up in the air and... But we're ready to go. We're ready to go. It's good. You know, we've had we've had Trig here now for, for mm-hmm. a few sessions and it's been really good and I think we're coming together nicely. How's Officer Witz fitting into his coaching <laughs> role? As I said, I caught up with him on Saturday. It wasn't the probably ideal circumstances and anyone who's followed this show, especially some of those interesting times early on when I spoke with Damo, there's been some interesting things happening in my neighbourhood. So <laughs> it might so Officer Witz wasn't there because of anything I did. I I can guarantee that, but it might have been something that happened over my over, over the fence next to me. So he, he was busy on Saturday morning, but is he fitting nicely into his coaching role? Yeah, he is. And, you know, he's, he's such a knowledgeable guy. He's been around the game for so mm. long. He's been around the 
SBL, NBL one for for so long. Mm-hmm. So he understands the league. Um, everyone knows and appreciates him and, and respects him, and I, I think it's, it's awesome that he's wanted to step into that role. Um, and then he and I will be coaching the D League boys as well, mm-hmm. um, which is always good to, to coach the youngins and, and see them get better. And you know, if, if if you don't know Tom, he's not the most loud and outspoken mm-hmm. guy. So mm-hmm. uh, I think this is good for him to to kind of push that and and become more of a vocal leader. Mm-hmm. He was quick to say that if Luke Brennan's ever not there, that Steve Charlton will be the one. Yeah. That it'll be the head coach, not and and not him. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, look, Charlie's kind of taken the sessions while Trick's been away. So, um, but you know, again, Tiwi's. That guy that has been around this, this group for, for so long now, so he understands everyone, and um, it, it's good. He's got insights that, that other people don't have, and um, it, it's awesome that he's now an assistant now that uh, he can't play anymore. Just hope he doesn't have to come over to visit me <laughs> again <laughs> any, any, anytime soon. All right, Cody, we've got a big weekend again to look forward to. goes right, right through from Thursday to a doubleheader on Monday this week, round 18 in the NBL. Starts on Thursday night. It's in Wollongong. They don't have many home games left. So Illawarra Hawks will want to make the most of this mm-hmm. up against the Brisbane Bullets. Oh, yeah. And look, I think the Hawks are rolling right now. Brizzy still up in the air, tossing the coin. I, I, think, I think the Hawks get that one fairly easy. This is an interesting one because the Adelaide 36ers probably played their best game of the season on Sunday to beat the Phoenix, and they're back at home on Friday night. But as you talked, on, talked about at the start of the show... If the Tasmania Jack Jumpers still want to hold out hope of making the finals, can't afford to drop this. No, they can't. And you're right, Adelaide looked like they'd come to the realisation that their season uh, in terms of making playoffs was done. And they've kind of taken that edge off a little bit. And they've relaxed a little bit and are just out there playing basketball. And it, and it looked a lot better on the weekend. Um, but the Jack Jumpers are still fighting for that playoff spot. You mm-hmm. know, again, there is that chance that they could make it. You know, with, with one of those top four teams possibly dropping a few more. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll be out to get this one, and this is definitely a must-win for them. So I think they get that done. Two games on Saturday. Now, this will be fascinating after what happened last Sunday. What are you expecting in the rematch between Melbourne United and the Laura Hawks? Oh, I think United turn it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think that. Uh, the coaching staff in Melbourne would have uh, sat down and broken down that video fairly extensively, yeah. and I think they would have done a fair few film sessions over um, over the couple of days off. I think they come out and uh, try to jump on them early. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it should be a really good game, mm-hmm. but I think Melbourne get that one. This is another must-win game for the road team, but yeah. it won't, won't be easy. No. I mean, the Cairns Taipans on their home floor up against the South East Melbourne Phoenix, who have now as we talked about, lost five of their last six. Yeah, and just struggling right now just to find any kind of rhythm. Um, and again, another, another team that has kind of just relaxed a little bit and just starting to play just basketball, just go out and play. Um, look, I think Phoenix need to win this, um, and I think they realise that. They've got enough old heads on that team that, mm. that I think they've realised that properly, and, and I do think that they end up getting over Kansas and Two interesting games on Sunday. First up, massive game for both teams. So the Jack Jumpers back on their home floor against the Sydney Kings. Obviously, the Jack Jumpers fine to stay alive, but gee, the Kings are really knocking on the door of knocking off Melbourne in, in top spot. If if United have a have a down weekend, yeah, oh, absolutely. And again, a Jack Jumpers must win. 
Um, but Sydney are just rolling. Yeah. And look, they're going to drop a game before the end of the season. I, I have no doubt that they'll drop a game by the end of the season. Um, I think it'd be good for them to drop a game mm. by the end of the season as well. Um, just to remember what it feels like to lose because <laughs> they haven't yeah. dropped one for a while yeah. now. So um, it'd be good to see what happens, how they bounce back from a loss. Um, but I, I do think that they're just they're just rolling so well right now and mm. having Cooks back in the lineup, a bit more healthy and, and ready to go. I think uh, I think the Kings do get that one and pretty much squash the chances for the Jack Jumpers. Next one on Sunday, two teams. Hopefully, they're just free to play mm. some fun and exciting basketball. So the Brisbane Bullets up against the Adelaide Thirty Sixes. Yeah, and I, I think it should be it should be a good game just mm. because there's nothing riding on it. They can go out and they can just play basketball. Um, you know, obviously every game you go out, you want to be getting better and, mm. and taking a step forward. So, yeah, it, it should be a good game. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's a fucking <laughs> coin, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Brizzy purely because they're at home. Yep. This is a tricky one too, first up on Monday. Rematch from last Sunday, except this time it's down in Hobart. So the Breakers playing the Titans. Yep. So... No crowd again, yep. um, which it, it really sucks to see that. Yeah. I, I hate seeing that. Um, it's tough to make create that atmosphere mm. with, with no one in the crowd. Uh, look, New Zealand with, with their full roster back have, have been playing some better basketball, mm. but still just can't figure out how to win a game. I, I think they just purely out-talent uh, Cairns in, in this one. Cairns have put up a fight. They always mm. do. Mm. Um, but I think the Breakers get that one. Total opposite. <laughs> RAC Arena Monday night. It's up to, I think, 75% capacity. So we'll be getting, I think, pretty close to 11,000 people here for this game. And depending on what happens with Melbourne on Saturday, this could be a huge game for them to try to avoid losing top spot as well. But, gee, the Perth Wildcats can't lose another one at home either. This is a this is a massive game. Oh, it is. It's, it's huge for them. And... It's a tough couple of games coming up against Sydney at the end of the last yep. round and then into playing Melbourne this round. It's tough. So, um, again, it, it should be a really good game. Cats have got that veteran group that will realise that they, they need to start winning these games. Yep. You know, they want that home final as well. I think, again, this is a bit of a flip of the coin. Because um, they're both, both teams fighting for that spot, that top spot, really. Well, there's probably three of the teams now fighting for it properly. Yeah. Um, even with Illawarra, the way they're playing, they're probably a chance now too, I think. Um, I, I reckon the Cats get this one. I reckon they turn it around. You know, all the talk about, um, you know, people coming in, people mm. come, like getting dropped, that's gone and passed now. I think they can just concentrate on playing basketball and, and having the squad that they do. Um, and I think they turn that around and get the win there. Does the nine day break now help because it's been such a whirlwind period for them even though when they've come home. Does this nine days from that loss to Sydney into this game help them? It does. You, as a player, you never want to go into a, a stretch like that on a loss. Yeah. Um, that's always tough because you mm. know training is going to be tough. Yeah. But they would have got a couple of days off then they probably would have trained for you know three or four and then had another day and then probably another couple of days uh, on the court. So I think it was good just for the reset, just for the mm-hmm. mind and the body, just a bit of a reset and then look down the, the end of the season and then into playoffs. So I think it'll be good for them. I, I think they would have got after it and, again, some killer video sessions. <laughs> yes. But um, I think it's really good for them. Uh, 
I, I do. Um, it probably came at the perfect time. All right, Cody, we'll see how all of that stacks up. It's been a lot to get through on this week's show. You would have noticed we didn't bring you a special guest this week simply because we had far too much to talk about. So I hope you all enjoyed tuning in. Thank you to Hoop7 for making it possible. Stay tuned later in the week for a Tab Touch preview. Matty Knight, the, the big fella, came through last week and we had a good chat after those Thursday night games to preview the rest of the round. So we'll hope to do something similar this week. It's been a lot of fun. I'm Chris Pike. I'll sign off and leave you with Cody Ellis. And what are you most looking forward to now discovering over the next few days, Cody? Oh, just teams proving me wrong again. <laughs> Acting like I don't know what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a heck of a round. And there's some, there's some big games that, uh, that are really going to start setting that one through four in place. And uh, it's going to be a fun round. Uh, look forward to it.